the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. It's 5.05 in the West, and good afternoon. Welcome. Good to have you with us for this Thursday, June 11th edition of Lifeline. Craig Roberts, once again, before your shell-like ears, bringing you another insight into the issues of the day as we discuss things that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. Coming up a little bit later on in tonight's program, our good friend Clay Allen is going to join us from Avenue Ministries. You know, we've been doing this series since the COVID-19 um, shelter-in-place of the profound increase and impact of pornography. And, you know, the old adage... Um, idle hands or the workshop of the devil and so forth. Um, the porn industry knows this. They have specifically targeted people. And sadly, there has been an exponential increase in people that three months ago did not have a pornography addiction that suddenly today do and are spending hundreds of dollars. I don't know how much, but crazy amounts of money to gain access to a lot of this stuff. So we're going to talk about this. And most importantly, bring you some understanding that from a scriptural and psychological standpoint, pornography winds up having just the opposite impact of what you might think. People think that somehow it's sort of a substitute for the real thing, but in fact, it creates almost a, a, a an arena of loneliness and negativity that for many becomes nearly impossible to escape. It's addictive as alcohol can be addictive. And we're going to talk about some answers for that when Clay Allen joins us later on in tonight's show. Also, um, have you seen this new video? Boy, if you haven't, you need to see it. The Bay Area Blessing. This has exploded on YouTube in the last couple of weeks, and it's a creation that in part harnesses together the resources and talents of churches all over the San Francisco Bay Area. And later on in tonight's show, you're going to meet the two producers, Ian Pitter and Lindsay Westman, um, who have just put together such an incredible music video that I think will touch your heart, and certainly you'll want to pass it along. We'll talk more about that later on in tonight's program. Updates on traffic, of course, every 15 minutes to get you home or wherever you might be headed on this Thursday, safe and sound. And as we lead off the program tonight, we promised you yesterday evening at 7 o'clock as we wrapped up our two days of um, campaigning in partnership with Cross International that we'd have a bit of an update for you. As you know, we, uh, we began the day on Tuesday with the goal of providing emergency relief in the form of potable water, food, COVID-19 assistance, and, of course, um, 
other resources along with Bibles to hurting kids in some key countries around the world. And so we wanted to kind of come back full circle as we talked about the initial goal on Tuesday of 400 to let you know how far along over the last um, eh, 42 to 72 hours we've come, 48 to 72 hours, and uh, and just what little we have to do to accomplish reaching the goal. And we're going to kick back over to uh, Tom Lewis with Cross International, who's been gracious enough to uh, linger and stay with us here for a, a couple of moments in, in the in the twilight hours <laughs> as, uh, as he joins us for an the update. the whole night waiting on you. How about that? Did you really? <laughs> I sat right here. I was all you a dither. probably won't be the first or the last. <laughs> I was all a dither, buddy. I mean, thank you so much. Wow. Great to uh, be with you, Craig. Hey, I do want to give you a quick update. Thank you to everybody that has been calling even today to help us get so much closer to that goal of 400 children. Do want to say thank you uh, to Kenneth in Fremont. Stepped up with 11 children, you guys, 11 kiddos. Thank you, Kenneth. God bless you and your one-time gift. Here's a friend that said, I don't need my name on the air uh, from Ronit Park, but has said, I want to give for two kids. Uh, Patricia in Kensington, California. Patricia, thank you uh, for your gift as well. So, uh, Craig, that gets us to literally right now, uh, our current total, we are only 153 children away from finishing the work. Wouldn't it be fantastic, literally, to have 50 or so Dear friends, listeners of KFAX, jump on board with a gift for three kiddos. And you say, well, how can I do that? Three children is a $186 gift. That's for the full year. That's food, as Craig mentioned. That's clean drinking water. That's COVID-19 assistance. And they need some cleansing products and different things. You know, think about that just for a half a second. I mean, these are people in these countries of Malawi, Zambia, Uganda, other nations where Cross is working. Drinking water is an issue, let alone to be able to wash your hands. I mean, guys, so they they desperately need help with some COVID-19 assistance. Also, each family getting a Bible. I mean, it is an awesome, awesome project. And literally, your $62 gift for each one uh, covers all of that for the full year. So we've got just a little work left to do. Maybe there's some of you could give for 10 children still. Maybe, Craig, there's that friend or two that can give for 50 or 100 children. What an opportunity right now to be a kingdom champion and to say yes to 50 or 100 kiddos. So let me give you the number, uh, 866 877-6464, 866-977-6464, 877-6464, and I believe the banner's still there. You can jump on kfax.com and uh, make your gift there too, Craig. So only about 153 kiddos to go, my friend. That's certainly good news. And if you've just tuned in and um, wondering, well, gee, what's going on here? Um, we invited uh, Tom Lewis to come back for a quick update at the start of the program tonight. Um, we don't often do this. And, and and quite frankly, we probably should in the sense that we kind of do these campaigns and then it might be three, four days before I get back to you and say, well, with your efforts, here's what we were able to accomplish. And uh, we probably need to do a better job at doing that. And, uh, and given the fact that this is such an urgent need. 
and the 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 crisis that is continuing to grow and impacting many of these third world countries um, is one that you know just can't wait. So we thought let's uh, let's give you a chance to get an update, understand where we're at. We began the day a Tuesday morning with the goal of coming alongside 400 children in places like Malawi and Zambia and Uganda and other countries where Cross is working right now, particularly in relationship to the COVID-19 emergency. And uh, in the ensuing uh, two and a half days here, uh, we've gone from needing 400 children to um, to be taken care of to now just down to 153. That's where how shy we are of the goal. Awesome. Pretty pretty darn yeah. close That's when great. you think of it. And, you know, we, we could have one person here tonight say, well, gosh, you know, I didn't think about it, but... I'll, I'll I'll do that for a hundred kids and and really hit the ball out the park. So whatever it might be that God would put on your heart, Tom mentioned in sixty two dollar increments that one time gift. And I want to be clear about that. This is not a monthly pledge. Pledge. It's a one time gift that will prov- provide a child with food, water, COVID nineteen assistance, and a Bible, along with other life saving resources. That toll free number at eight six six nine two seven sixty four sixty four eight six six nine two seven sixty four sixty four yes the banner is still up at the kfax website at kfax.com look for the cross international banner at the top of our homepage. tommy i hadn't even really considered this in the course of our dialogue over the last couple of days that yeah you know i was joking with a friend the other day that as we've talked about all that we need to do in terms of wear face mask and six foot distancing and sheltering in place i said isn't it ironic that the most effective means of dealing with COVID-19 spread is something that mother told us. <laughs> All right, I know as a kid, saying? I constantly pushed back on that. You'd come in after playing, following school and time for dinner, and you come into the house and rush to the dinner table, and I was immediately stopped in my tracks. Young man, did you bathroom, go wash your hands. Did and you? cold and flu season always told, wash your hands frequently, sure. use warm water and soap. So ironically, the best advice that mom ever gave us is some of the best ways by which we can combat COVID-19. But we take for granted, I can walk here, I've got a faucet here, a faucet there. I've got three faucets inside of this house, inside a 10 feet distance that I get access to. These kids, you tell them, wash your hands. Wait a minute, they don't have water to even drink. No, they don't. And you know, one of the crazy things that you see often in these countries, guys, is, and we shared it yesterday, where you'll come up to a small water puddle and you'll see somebody trying to water uh, a cow. There's there's goats in there. I mean, there's all kind of stuff going on. And then you see a child bend down with their hands and try to scoop water. I mean, this is reality. And so this this whole project that provides water, you know, food, COVID-19 assistance and resources, guys, the Bible, of course, becomes very critical for these for these families more so now than ever and i know that if you're listening you get that so thank you so much for what you can do the number again 866-927-6464-866-927-6464 hey craig if i want to just remind your your listening family there at kfax that if you want to watch a really dynamic uh, facebook live event it's actually going on right now with Cross International. It's called More Than Ever, 
and you can tune in. You can actually see video on some of the stories of the children that we're talking about and the projects. Uh, tonight's special guest is Michael W. Smith. And so if you can, if you can catch that, it's actually on right now. And so if you want to jump over to Facebook and check that out, you can do that as well. But take time to make the call right now to 866-927-6464. All right, Tommy. Well, we appreciate the update. I also appreciate you, uh, Thank you man. giving my listeners the option to go listen to Michael W. Smith instead of me. <laughs> Oh, thank that you. Sounds like a, that sounds like a great choice. The only problem is, will folks find something wrong if I disappear, too? I think I'd rather listen to Michael W. Smith than me as well. well no, I mean, you just got to <laughs> sing along with him. It's kind of like sing along That's with it. Mitch. That's know? it. Normally the, normally, the only time they let me sing is if they want to clear a building quickly. Hey, Tom Lewis, we appreciate you dropping by to give us an thank update. You, and again, we're just 153 you. kids short of that goal. So um, while, yes, the official campaign is kind of coming to a close here, there's still time to slip your nose under the tent, as they say, at 866-927-6464. That's 866-927-6464 or online at kfax.com. Tom Lewis, thanks so much for the update. Thank you, Craig, and thanks to all of our KFAX family. You bet. All right. You have make it a great evening there, Tom. All right. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, as much as you have been a blessing to the ministry of Cross International, wait until you hear a brand new multi-church effort here in the San Francisco Bay Area to be a blessing to all of us. We'll talk more about that as Lifeline continues right after this update. Let's get you that look at traffic right now. 517 on the clock and the latest from the KFAX Traffic Center.
Isn't that absolutely amazing? And I, I'm just giving you, I'm just teasing you there with a little bit of the lyrics to The Blessing. Now, there are times when, you know how songs come along at the right point, it just seems like it was a God thing? Well, on Monday of this week, as we were dealing with the increased numbers of reports concerning COVID-19 and the tragedy of the George Floyd murder, unrest in the streets, and it just seems as if you look around you and the entire country was unraveling and people dealing with economic hardship and all the crisis that's been attended to in the months since the impact of the pandemic began. And a friend of mine sent me a link to that video. And I got to tell you, I watched that video. And about halfway through, I could not hold back the tears. This is a collaboration of a multiplicity of Bay Area churches. And I mean, they run the gambit from the North Bay to the South Bay to the peninsula to San Francisco and everything from non-denominational to Episcopal churches and, and Lutheran churches and everything in between. Really a collaboration of the Bay Area body of Christ to put together this wonderful montage and radio does not do it justice. You're going to have to go to YouTube and Google the Blessing San Francisco, and you'll find the video there. And I, I, I challenge you to get through it without really being moved to tears. Joining me right now are two of the people that were instrumental in pulling this together. The Worship and Creative Arts Pastor of Peninsula Covenant Church in Redwood City, Ian Pitter, along with the Worship Director at Peninsula Bible Church in Palo Alto, Lindsay Westman. And welcome to both of you. Thanks for having us, Craig. Lindsay, let me start with you. I'm fascinated. Give us some of the genesis. I know that there have been other uh, The Blessing projects, uh, particularly in, in other countries, but what was the spearhead behind coming up with this here in the San Francisco Bay Area? And wow, talk about timing. Yeah, you know, it was actually Ian who kind of had the initial idea, and he called me and he just said, I just feel the Lord putting this on my heart. I think we need to add our voice. Um, you know, we've kind of joked around that this has become the global anthem of this time. It's just this powerful message of hope that the U.K. kind of got around it and did the U.K. blessing, and since then there's been a Zimbabwe blessing and a Hawaiian blessing, and uh, Ian just felt this calling from the Lord that we need to add the San Francisco Bay Area to this blessing and join our voices uh, in this effort as well. And it, it, I, I have to think that the timing of this song coming out, it's, it's put out by Elevation Worship and Carrie Job. It just seems like the right song at the right time. Like our world needed to hear just the blessing of the Lord proclaimed over all of these things happening right now. And I just have to think heaven's going to sound something like this one day. And, you know, Ian, in, in a sort of traditional interview, this is the point where I would say, well, tell us, do you think God inspired us or inspired you? But I won't ask that question. I'll, I'll tell that to you as a statement. Boy, this was God-inspired. This had the Holy Spirit all over it. Give us a bit of a sense as to, to what was going through your mind when you said, I've got an idea. This is not going to be easy to pull off with all of these churches spread all across the Bay Area. Everybody shelter in place. But I, I bet you, you thought about some of the technology, and, and obviously you figured out a way to put together an unbelievable production. 
Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting about this? I uh, I was putting this up. I was trying to delay this um, for a number of weeks. So it started with a friend of mine approaching me who was very much involved with the UK blessing, saying, dude, I'm really feeling like you should be doing something like this for where you are in California. And, uh, and then me saying, nah, uh, I can't do that right now. I'm a bit overwhelmed. We're in the middle of COVID. There's so much happening at the church. Uh, he comes back a second time and says, dude, you really need to consider this, man. I'm really feeling like you should do this. Uh, and then me kind of warming up a little bit to it. And then finally, the third time he comes back, <laughs> comes to me three times. And finally, I'm like, you know, actually, um, as I consulted with my wife, well, you know what? This does feel like the Lord speaking. This definitely does feel like it's something we should do. So then there's this dilemma. Um, I've been in the Bay Area. As you could probably tell from my accent, I'm not from here. I've been in the Bay Area for 18 months. Um, uh, so then this, this, the thoughts come through my mind. Uh, I'm, how can we pull this off? How can I pull this off when I'm so new here? And really, the vision is for it to be so big, so many churches from across the Bay Area. Initially, I had a vision of 50. I was like, oh, 50 churches. So then I reached out to my good friend, Lindsay, and uh, the rest is history. But, you know, in terms of the production side, it's definitely daunting. There's a lot of, of uh, people on the, on the production and certainly took a lot of hard work to pull up. Uh, undoubtedly. I mean, you can certainly get the tremendous feeling that this is a team effort and what an amazing team effort it is. And, and again, I don't want to steal your thunder here. Listeners, before this broadcast ends or when it ends or as soon as you absolutely have access to a computer, go to YouTube and just do a search for The Blessing San Francisco Bay Area. And it's about a seven and a half minute long clip. And it begins with this amazing panographic sweep of the Golden Gate Bridge. And then, of course, you see the faces throughout of all of the singers, all of the participants of churches all over the Bay Area, and either for Lindsay or, or Ian. How did you come up with this list? I mean, if I was going to think, gee, let's find a, a healthy cross-section, uh, not only from a geographic standpoint, but from a denominational standpoint, this is about the list that I would have come up with. It's amazing. Yeah, I have to think that was so much the Lord. I mean, we reached out to just about everybody we knew cooperatively between Ian and I, and we um, asked, there's an organization here called Transforming the Bay with Christ, and we asked them to check our list and add a bunch of people, and we posted it here and there on Facebook and all of our groups just trying to get the word out. Um, but with something like this, we felt like it was so timely that it needed a quick turnaround, and so we knew that as much we'd want to have hundreds if we could, but we were just hoping if we could just get 50 that could represent hundreds more, we would just love that. And so our, our hope is that the, the churches here represent so many hundreds of other churches that would add their voice to this same song as we sing with over our area. You know, this this made such a bold statement, not only in terms of encouragement by the church to the church here at home in the Bay Area, and I'm Bay Area born and bred, so this really resonates with me. But then also, you know, so often as you travel, you other other parts of the country, other parts of the world, you say, where are you from? San Francisco. And they oh, there. We have a bit of a reputation, as you know. And when we recognize the, the, the challenges that we face in this, not only in the Bay Area, but certainly in the state and the country right now, at, at so many layers, 
the timing on this is so critical and the testimony that it provides in both exhorting and encouraging the church here in the Bay Area and then being a tremendous testimony for anybody who watches this anywhere on planet Earth is just a God thing start to finish. And, uh, you know, I know that it's beginning to gain momentum. Do you have any idea, Ian, between Facebook, YouTube, uh, and and other resources, Twitter out there as well, I suppose, how many views uh, have taken place so far? Yeah, actually, on the view front, we just got um, a report today, Lindsay and I. uh, We've reached half a million views right now. Wow. Amazing. Praise God. Well, you know, as as I told you when I reached out to Lindsay, um, I took it immediately, sent it to about a dozen Bay Area pastors that I knew, and then it went viral within our company. Uh, so uh, hopefully we've contributed to <laughs> a portion of that, of that half million. And, uh, you know, church, I want to tell you this. There are times and intersections, you know, that, that old adage for such a time as this, the timing of this video, the message of this video, the caliber and quality of this video, not only of where it originates from, who the message is to, and the nature of the message is so key and so critical. Anybody and everybody you know, you need to jump onto YouTube, grab the link, and send this thing out. You know, we, we'll send funny jokes and memes and other craziness. Here's an opportunity for you to literally send a blessing. And uh, I just want to say both to Ian Pitter, um, Worship and Creative Arts Pastor at um, Peninsula Covenant in Redwood City, and um, Lindsay Westman there at the Peninsula Bible Church. Ray Steadman used to have a program on this station way back many years ago. Thank you on behalf of the church in the Bay Area for your efforts with this and spearheading this very special project. And, uh, you know, you, you set out to be a blessing with the blessing, and I think you've succeeded. Appreciate it. Praise God. Thank you for that. So thanks to uh, to both of you. And and final question. I've been pointing people, obviously, to YouTube. Is there a website or an easier place, or is that the best place to go to find it? Yeah, I think YouTube is still the best place. It's just the easiest place to share, and we're getting a lot of traction there. So thank you for continuing to point people to there, and we're just so grateful to see how God's using it. Absolutely. Well, you can check. If I, if I could, Greg, I'd add in there that uh, really the search, uh, what you want them to search for is the Bay Area Blessing. Just put that in YouTube, it will come straight up. All right, perfect. The Bay Area Blessing, go to YouTube, and uh, that'll call it right up. Then copy that link and send it off to everybody and their brother. Uh, You can be a tremendous blessing, as this video is, this message. And again, our thanks to the the hard work and effort of Ian Pitter and Lindsay Westman for um, sharing this and uh, blessing the church with this. Thanks to you both. here at 5.36. Let's get you an update on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 
All right, welcome back to the conversation. There was some, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, amazing irony, uh, it just it, it, an incredible dichotomy. I, I, I struggle to find the right words to describe this. And Clay Allen in a moment is going to help illuminate for you my point. But you, you might have heard in England, as they have been dealing with the impact of the spread of COVID-19, and they've been, they've been hit pretty hard throughout Europe, um, they actually, in their shelter-in-place orders and in their social distancing orders, included the idea that you weren't allowed to have, um, shall we say, relations. The adults in the room know what I mean. Relations with anyone that was not inside of your immediate household. So that meant if you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, lived somewhere else, no relations. Well, that naturally then meant that people said, well, gee, I'm feeling lonely and I have needs, so I'm going to turn to pornography. That's been an answer for many, sadly, during the pandemic. Additional time on their hands and um, not knowing how to really address all of the impact of shelter-in-place orders, maybe some relational challenges at home. And the pornographic industry has been there, not because they're a friend, but because they recognize a aspect of human weakness and they have taken advantage of it to their own financial gain. So how is it that people who are lonely, who turn to pornography for a sense of, of fulfillment, actually exacerbate the cycle of loneliness? This is the utter irony of it all. And with some insights, we're joined now by the founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry, Clay Allen. Clay, it's great to have you back with us. And, uh, you know, it, it seems on the surface to, to sort of be a, a double negative here. I mean, uh, pornography causing loneliness? No, I'm, I'm using pornography because I'm lonely. But it sets up a very secret little, uh, I say secret, uh, secret to us that people don't realize, it sets up a, 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 a secret little trap, an ensnarement here that really can get a person significantly hooked to all of this and repeat the cycle over and over and over. Help us understand more why. Yeah, Craig, a joy to be with you, and you're absolutely right. Uh, the more one uses pornography, the more lonely one becomes because porn users withdraw from their real relationships. Porn is a fantasy world that is not only not real, but it cannot be. It cannot fulfill one's desires deep within their heart, yet What's really interesting is one's brain desperately pursues porn once it's introduced to their brain as it represents a real and fulfilling relationship. It's a, it's a, it's a false intimacy. And, and your brain thinks it's real, but it's not. And so your brain uh, uh, gets, uh, it's almost like a nitroglycerin injection as it's uh, pursuing pornography. So when a person starts to use pornography, it is ultimately a depressing, demeaning, and self-loathing experience. And the, and, the, and the worse people feel about themselves or their lives, the irony is the more they seek comfort wherever they can get it. And, and normally that would be uh, somebody who perhaps might be close to them. They would go uh, during hard times to, for, for some help, a partner, a friend, a family member, perhaps Jesus. But the problem with porn is, most porn consumers aren't exactly excited to tell anyone about their porn habits, least of all their partners. So what happens is they become silent about their habits. They turn to the easiest source of comfort available, more porn. 
And as more porn is used, what happens is one withdraws not only emotionally, but physically from the most intimate relationship, partly because the, the porn use causes the brain to rewire itself to connect that sexual arousal with porn's fantasy world, making it more and more difficult for the uh, user to become aroused by a real person, believe it or not, a, a real relationship. So then what happens is the porn user withdraws from the relationship. They experience increased secrecy, less intimacy, more depression. The secrets hurt the relationships and leaves them feeling more lonely, ashamed, and trapped. So what happens is silence leads to secrets, which then leads to shame and severe, I mean severe loneliness, accompanied with anxiety, poor self-image, relationship problems, insecurity, emptiness, and so forth. See, I, I know this, Craig, because these agonizing feelings, uh, because these, this is how I used to live. Uh, but then what happened is I discovered this is not how God designed us to live. This is, this is the world's way to live. So God designed each of us to live an abundant life full of intimacy, great and genuine relationships with God himself, and with our spouse or future spouse, our family and friends. You know, what's interesting about this, anybody's ever gone whitewater rafting or even just casually gone to a, a river where there's water movement, you've probably been warned. If you ever see a whirlpool, a sw swirling section of water, stay clear away from it. Why? Because it will pull you over, pull you in, and pull you down, and it will happen so rapidly that by the time you, you catch your senses about you, you're underwater and the the speed of of the of the swirling waters will prevent you from getting your head back above water to get air and you'll die and it happens all the time tragically and and ironically that that comparison i think seems to be what you're suggesting here too that that somebody goes to this because they're looking for connection that's not there and then they get ensnared in the false intimacy and that then pulls them deeper in, drags them down, gets them caught up in this whirlpool, so to speak, where now trying to escape becomes more and more difficult. And along with it, and it's interesting because uh, there have been research papers out there since the COVID-19 thing that have said, you know, one of the reasons why people have turned to pornography um, beyond being forced to shelter in place is this notion that, well, they're depressed, they're looking for some level of escapism, and they're so overwhelmed by the negativity of the loss of life and what's happened to the economy and so forth that this is kind of their uh, their escape hatch. But but ironically, um, the very consumption of it can lead to depression and further pull people into a sense of negative thoughts, negative feelings, negative reactions. Now, again, talk about a double entendre here, Clay. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and and what's right on the other side of uh, depression, I mean, there's so many things, but one, one of the more major things is this pessimism. Really interesting when you study this uh, whole concept of pessimism because it's the tendency to expect the worst, certainly, but it's also something else. It, it, it's where an individual sees the worst in all things, all things, A-L-L. And it's incredible because that perfectly defines a porn user's life. They may not admit it, but it does. Because, you see, porn is one-dimensional. Uh, porn portrays men and women as bodies with a single purpose, to give and receive sexual pleasure without any intimacy, by the way. And so when using porn, the user is in total control of this experience, in contrast to 
God's way of doing sex, where a married man and woman share the control with one another. So what happens is a porn user forms this unrealistic expectation that sex will be under only the porn user's control. And the goal of relationship and intimacy, uh, relationship uh, connections, uh, all of a sudden become bewildering, uh, perplexing, and ultimately lost. And what's really incredible about this is God uh, amazingly designed every single human being to know deep within our spirit that porn is fake intimacy. We hear about fake news. Well, this is fake intimacy. And, and humans crave and absolutely need true intimacy. It's one of our legitimate needs to be intimately connected with God, with our spouse or future spouse, family and friends, and so forth. But, but here's the kicker. When, when one cannot attain true intimacy from a pornified world, for example, uh, that, you, that porn user, he starts grasping for, uh, but he cannot attain true intimacy in his pornified world. And it becomes severely depressing to that individual, which uh, leads to this pessimism where uh, the individual develops this attitude and lifestyle that everything in one's life is now wrong because true intimacy is craved, but it's not, uh, but it's not experienced. It's elusive. And, and, and this porn, uh, then the, the pessimism from the porn uh, has an accompanying shame which robs the person of their God opportunities in life. This is where literally the devil wants everyone to live who uses porn or is impacted by someone else's use of porn as the impacted people will miss out completely on God's abundant life and purpose, unless, of course, they seek out and actually get help. Well, and that that false intimacy that you speak of, I mean, again, there is the sad and utter irony that as people endeavor to try and capture what they so uh, deeply and desperately are, are seeking, and that is a sense of connectivity and, and, and intimacy with another human being, with another individual, uh, and, and, and as they desire that, but get pulled deeper into porn and the false intimacy, the irony is that one's capacity and ability and availability for true intimacy fades further and further away. We've um, been talking today with uh, Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. And um, we're going to continue the conversation after a break, but at this juncture, um, I, I want to share with you the website, which is Avenue, just like Street Boulevard Avenue, avenue.works. Works, by the way, is the URL. You know, like you use com, dot, you know, I mean, dot com, dot net, dot org. This is dot works, W-O-R-K-S. Avenue dot works. You can also you can also call toll free and it's entirely private at eight seven seven three two six seven thousand. That's eight seven seven three two six seven thousand and ask a question directly. There's all kinds of programs and resources available to you through Avenue and we'll have Clay tell us a bit about that when we come back after the break. Let's uh, let's take a time out here. We'll come back to more of our conversation right after an update on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We're talking about the entrapment, the snaring, really, that pornography does, and particularly rampant during the shelter-in-place uh, period of time that, that people have had uh, more time on their hands and, quite frankly, just challenged by um, all of the lack of connectedness. And so they've turned to porn, maybe not not the intention of even seeking it out, but it found them. And of course, with the internet, 
Uh, that's what it does best. It finds you. Now the problem, of course, is dealing with it because it sets up a false sense of intimacy and then creates kind of that closed loop that we talked about earlier, that the more you seek intimacy, the more it deprives you of it, and on and on it continues. And, you know, I think, too, of not just the impact of this issue, Clay Allen, on adults, but kids in particular, a lot of teenagers stuck at home, disconnected from their friends, not able to even graduate with their class and suddenly find all this extra time and of course they they don't understand any of these issues of intimacy many of them perhaps too young to have have experienced it personally and yet now being pulled into this whirlpool as i said earlier and and for them this can lead to not only severe bouts of depression but aren't there even cases where it could lead to opening the door toward not just drug abuse but even suicide Oh, absolutely. Uh, I know from personal experience, I was hours within uh, committing suicide many years ago because, and this is, by the way, going to church, where I was hearing the good word, the good news, and not being able to apply it to my life. The harder I tried, the more I prayed, the worse it got. And and really, it led me to what the real antidote to this whole matter is, whether you're uh, a young person, uh, a teen, or uh, somebody older in life, the, the, the antidote to both loneliness, pessimism, the whole issue of porn is experiencing Jesus, because Jesus exists to fulfill the desires of those who revere God. This is found in uh, Psalms uh, 145, somewhere in verse 19, where God promises us that the desires of our heart will be fulfilled if we revere Him. And this is really incredible, uh, Craig, because one of the deepest desires of the heart is to be loved and accepted just as we are, no matter how messed up we are. We just want to be loved and accepted the way we are. And this is precisely what Jesus does and precisely what the devil doesn't want people to experience. So what comes out of this relationship of knowing Jesus this way is real intimacy, genuine intimacy. It's, um, it's, it's giving him our loneliness and our pessimism and experiencing this intimacy in return. And what is produced from that is incredible. It's hope. Hope is then birth, which overcomes pessimism. And, and uh, you know, we, we use this term real intimacy or genuine intimacy, but it, it's, it's the world in which you, a person is satisfied and completely excited that doesn't disappear when the screen is turned off, if you know what I mean. And, uh, the, the, and when, when the person starts to experience this in real life, there's nothing like it. Because uh, real genuine intimacy is the breathtaking risk of being vulnerable with those uh, people uh, that we love, starting with Jesus and then with others in our lives, our spouse perhaps, our future spouse, or our family members, our friends. It's inviting them into our hearts and lives and being vulnerable and, and being daring enough, because it is a life-altering experience uh, when, when you have this happen, where somebody does ex- uh, experience uh, love and acceptance just the way that we are. And it's an experience of not only listening to others, which is important, but having others listen to us and, and really hear us. And, and this is incredible when this starts to happen, this intimacy, because this true intimacy is also about not just receiving but giving. Jesus said something awesome. He said uh, it's more blessed to give than to receive, of course. And what's incredible about this, Craig, is it's paradoxical. Uh, and it's a paradoxical truth that has to be experienced, not just intellectually learned. And so we help people uh, start doing things like this to, to learn experientially. So where they can be loved and accepted just as they are. This hope that is produced is also accompanied by unity, which is incredible. 
because that overcomes it's the absolute opposite of loneliness and pessimism. And that's, that's where somebody experiences God's love with another person, with God himself, where forgiveness is uh, extended and received, where you're accepted and, uh, and experiencing uh, genuine fulfillment. And, and what we have found, Craig, over 20 years of helping people with this, is ultimately we help people find their purpose for which they've been created when they give their porn use over to God and then give over to God all that porn has broken in their lives and in their relationships, whether they're a porn user or they've been wounded by someone else's use of porn, Jesus says, come to me and to have uh, and, and, and receive life, real life, abundant life. And, and so it, at that point, when we revere God and trust God this way, it's at that very moment that we begin to experience God's rich promise to fulfill the desires of our heart for for he hears our cry, and, and he saves us. Now, and this is an amazing word, Greg, this word desires, because I, I believe all of us in your audience, and I beg your audience to get this and hear this, there are desires in your heart, all of us, we voice to others that, that we hope to come to fruition. But I want to talk about the desires of your heart that you've never talked to anybody about. These are the really tender desires of your heart that maybe you're so scared to tell somebody about because if they don't come to fruition, you look like a fool or you'll be hurt. You see, these desires, these good desires in your heart that you've never talked to anybody about, they were put there by God, and they were put there for a reason. They were put there as a guarantee of that which is to come as you do this exchange. You give God your relationship and porn, brokenness, sexual brokenness, whatever it is, give it to him. And in return, you receive the fulfillment of your desires. It is absolutely incredible when people start to experience the desires of their heart that they've never voiced to anybody coming to reality. And this is so uh, so incredible that we, we have people come to the Lord and start asking things like, you know, for, their, for his power to conquer in their lives, for their marriages to be restored for love to win out, to be healed of their wounds, to be forgiven, to, to start all over, to have our past vanish and have a fresh start, things of this nature. Craig, these are real desires, and real desires that, come to, that can come to reality because God loves every single person unconditionally and wants them to experience these desires of their heart coming to reality. That's the great exchange. And if that isn't good news, Craig, I don't know what is next to salvation. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And of course, you know, the, it, it begins like many, many roads with taking that first step. And, and perhaps in your case, yeah. as what you've heard Clay and I discuss today resonate with you, taking that first step by getting some answers. Um, and, you know, you can do this conveniently, confidentially, by going online to avenue.works. That's avenue.works, or you can call their toll-free confidential phone number at 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. Maybe you're already experiencing sort of that whirlpool um, sense of loss of control, and your life feels like it's kind of reeling out, and, and you can no longer stop voluntarily on your own seemingly that it's that it's become so ingrained in you and you feel like suddenly now you're a prisoner of pornography well the good news is there's a way to break free of jail and again information available online at avenue.works that's avenue.works you can also call confidentially 
877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. Our thanks to Clay Allen, the founder and president of Avenue, for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. 6.05, actually 6.06 on the clock. We're a bit late. We're going to get caught up on some things. And we're going to begin, of course, with traffic.